Welcome to Road Noise. Buckle up as we explore God's faithfulness, reflecting on 50 years of full-time ministry. We're taking lessons from the unique life and ministry of Sheldon and Victoria Rhodes as they share the gospel crisscrossing North America. I'm your host, Kedrew Rhodes, and each episode, I sit down with my dad, Sheldon, and we travel back in time, retracing the lessons God was teaching and mapping them to life today. This scenery may have changed, but God's faithfulness remains the same. Thanks for joining us on another episode of Road Noise. Well, thanks for joining us again for another episode of Road Noise. Um, if you are new to this conversation, uh, Dad and I are kind of reflecting on, well, it's Dad reflecting on his ministry experience over the last 50 years. And he's taking us on a journey from kind of when he first felt called to the ministry and fast forward several years, go back and listen to some previous episodes if you want to fill in the gaps. And uh, here we are at the kind of the tail end of that first big trip with teenagers in a bus back to Alaska. Uh, we just kind of got back to Michigan after a summer full of meetings. And dad, we were coming down the Alaska highway and uh, back into the lower 48 and the bus really wasn't working that good. It's kind of going, but not going fast. I have a hunch that that's probably needs fixed. Yeah, it did need fixed. Yeah, our top speed, like I said before, was about 35 mile an hour. And uh, for a big old bus like that, uh, that takes a long time to get very far down the road at that speed. And so when we um, finally made it to, um, I guess it was at uh, at Chuck and Ivy's church uh, to do their vacation Bible school, um, somebody took a look at it and figured out what the problem was. And my, oh my, it was such a simple fix. I mean, it, there's a, a thing on the engine called the governor. And that thing, its job is just to regulate the, how fast the engine will go. And this governor had a metal fork. And in between the two prongs of this metal fork, was a little pin, a metal pin, and it was probably about a quarter inch in diameter. And as you put your foot on the gas pedal, on the throttle, um, that fork would move back and forth and pull that pin forward or back, and that would uh, make the engine go faster or slower. Well, little did we realize as we're you know, we just drove the Alaska Highway. We drove it to Alaska and then driving back. All those miles that we put on there, that um, metal pin had wore off hmm. and was flat on one side. Yeah. And so when you push the pedal down, it couldn't go as far as it needed to because part of the metal was gone. And so somebody uh, had the idea while we're there, let's just rotate that pin. Just rotate it a little bit so you got the round side um, on the forks and you'll be fine. 
And so that's what we did. And that got us then to that next church in uh, Davis, Ella, or Davia. Is it Davis or Davy? Well, anyway, in Illinois. And um, mentioned to somebody there that, uh, yeah, we'd had some problems, but uh, we got it fixed. I don't know if it's a temporary fix or what, but uh, anyway, so sure enough, there's a guy there who says, well, let me take a look at it. And he took a look at that uh, pin that we had rotated. Like I said, it was working fine. The engine was, we could go as fast as the speed limit again. But he said, um, uh, let me do something for you. And he took the pin out. Didn't just rotate it. And he took off with it. And he just kind of left us there. And I'm thinking, well, we're not going anywhere at all now. We don't, that pin's totally missing. But when he came back, he had a brand new pen. And he put that pen in where the old pen was. And uh, that pen was still in that bus when we got rid of it many years later. <laughs> yeah. I asked him, uh, you know, where did you find something like that? And he said, I made it. Hmm. He uh, had a machine shop and he just took that old pen back to his shop, measured how round it was and put a piece of metal in a metal lathe and just turned out a brand new one. And so I was really impressed that, you know, somebody could actually make a part for this 1955 bus, you know, and it, it worked perfect. But, you know, uh, as I thought about that at that time and many times since, that little tiny pin, you know, quarter inch in diameter, maybe, maybe three quarters of an inch long, that little tiny pin was necessary to control the, the speed of that great big humongous bus. And it kind of reminded me of our tongue. Our tongue, as the Bible says, it's a small member of the body, but my, oh my, what it can do. Yeah. And so that um, little pen controlled whether that um, bus went slow or whether it went fast or whether it went at all, I guess. But boy, we need to watch our tongue because it's a little thing and it can um, make great things happen or ugly things happen. So true. Same little tongue. Well, anyway, so that was the only uh, only thing that needed to be done. And that, uh, like I said, the bus was running great as we got back to Michigan. And uh, in the last episode, we talked about getting back into our house. You know, a little struggle there and uh, challenges, but we got back in the house. And we've got meetings scheduled. But these teens, they've got to get back in school. And so they're not available to travel with us. Bob and Rosie were still... Yeah, they were on loan for the summer. <laughs> Yeah, and um, Bob and Rosie were available, but uh, not all the time. Yeah, and so it's like, okay, what are we going to do? I, I mean, we can do the meetings by ourselves, but my oh my, it'd sure be nice if we had someone, another guy, you know, another strong guy, you know, haul all this stuff and set it all up and everything, and and we need somebody to do the part of Howard the Bear. You know, so we could continue the routines that we had worked up and, you know, everyone loved Howard and, and the routines that we were doing. But um, 
I have told people for years, puppets require people. They don't operate by themselves. If they yeah. do operate by themselves, we call them a robot. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. But uh, a real puppet has to have a person operating it, and a, a costume character has to have somebody inside of it. Yeah, yeah. Here we are in uh, 2024, and I guess you could probably put a robot inside the costume character these days. But nevertheless, um, we knew we needed to find somebody, but had no idea who they would be or where we'd find them or how we'd find them. And we're doing a program at a church, um, actually, just about, what, an hour and a half, uh, hour and 45 minutes or so north of where we're, um, where we're living now, in Nashville, Michigan. Um, now, remember, we're still living in Lansing at the time, but we had this meeting uh, scheduled at this church um, north of where we're at now. And I mentioned to the pastor while we're there that, uh, you know, we're sure be nice to have somebody working with us. And he said, well, you know, what are you looking for? Well, we don't know, but, you know, a, a young man or, you know, really be nice. He says, I got just the guy for you. I believe um, he had just graduated from uh, Word of Life Institute and had been working with them and doing uh, summer ministry all summer. But the summer had come to a close. And so this kid, he was living at home, but he really didn't have a job. He didn't have anything going. And pastor said, he's a great guy. Uh, he's... He's where he needs to be spiritually and just loves the Lord. And he would do a terrific job uh, doing puppets and, and so forth. And I don't remember why it was that he wasn't there that day. But nevertheless, uh, Pastor gave me his name and phone number. And I got in touch with him. And my, oh my, this pastor was exactly right. This guy fit everything that we could have asked for at that particular time anyway. He was young, he was strong, and you know, we talked with him and said, hey, you know, we really can't pay you anything, but um, you know, if you could be available, you know, to meet us at these churches and so forth. Uh, and you know, he was excited about it. Well, anyway, so we had some training sessions with him and uh, got him all up to speed and he started traveling with us and uh, doing the programs. Later on, um, um, he did have some support from his church and some from some individuals. So he did have a little bit of money coming in. And then as we'll talk um, in the next few episodes coming down the road, um, we were finally at a point where we could provide housing for him. But um, not quite at this point. This was little John. John Brock. And he was anything but little. He had gotten the name uh, Little John um, while he was at Word of Life. And um, he played the part of a Native American. And he had this costume and so forth, beautiful costume of like an Indian chief. And I forget the exact story, but um, it seems like there was a Native American that... Uh, um, had kind of worked with him in developing that character and said, we need to give you uh, an Indian name and gave him the name Little John. 
And so uh, now little John's working with us and um, doing a, a great job. I uh, really did love that guy. Um, he wasn't perfect, but neither am I. But uh, John and I got to the point where the two of us could uh, go out and do meetings by ourselves. Oh, wow. We could get that stage set up in record speed. Um, John was a, a quick learner and uh, learning how to get everything set up and put together and, and so forth. And so there was many, many times when it'd just be John and myself. You know, your mom would be home with you kids and um, getting you in school and so forth. Or, and John and I are on the road. Well, anyway, so um, like I said, we get back the end of the summer. We meet John. He's working with us. So now we're getting into the fall of the year. And in October, I was invited to teach puppet workshops um, at the Fellowship of Christian Magicians Regional Conference, which at that time was being held in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And I'm not only to teach puppet workshops, but I'm to be on the evening program on Saturday night. And we're to have our whole stage set up and do a whole puppet thing, you know, with Howard the Bear and, and so forth, and give the people there at the Fellowship of Christian Magicians kind of a, a an example of, hey, this is what we do. And so we had the evening program that night. Well, anyway, so uh, John is with us, and um, we're taking the bus. We're going to be staying in the bus. We'll be down in uh, Fort Wayne area. Um, the conference was started Friday night and ended on Saturday night. Sunday morning, we're going to be at a, a church not too far out of um, Fort Wayne. And then Sunday night, back at another church just across the border uh, here in Michigan. Well, anyway, so it's going to be a busy weekend, but um, John's with us. Like I said, he's relatively new, you know, just been with us a couple months at this point, um, doing a great job. And we've got the bus. When we get to the um, location for the FCM conference, it's actually being held at uh, a Holiday Inn uh, motel. And we've got all this equipment we've got to unload and we got all the puppets and everything else. And it's like, my, oh, my, if we park out front, we're going to have to haul all this equipment throughout through the whole hotel and get to this great big room, the conference center, and get things set up. And anyway, so I asked him at the front desk, I says, is there a door that might be closer um, so we don't have to haul everything that far? And the clerk there at the desk said, yes, there is. And Paige, um, the, uh, the guy that does all the, the maintenance work and so forth, and called him up to the desk and said, um, would you take Mr. Rhodes and show him how to get in uh, back at the conference room there and so forth. So this guy takes me, we go down the hallway, get to the conference center room and on the, I'm going to call it the north end of that, uh, that room, was a door that leads right outside. 
this is going to be perfect. Oh, but it's not just going out to a, the parking lot or anything. It's going out um, on the loading ramp because there's a loading ramp where the trucks would come uh, bringing food and so forth. Uh, they had a breakfast thing. And so the trucks would back down this ramp and then they're enclosed, kind of inside of the building. Um, there wasn't a door that the trucks had to open. It was, it was wide open, but nevertheless, there was a, a covering over it. And so the guy's saying, yeah, just uh, pull your bus, you know, just back down in, in here and, and park it and unload. And when you, when you unload, I mean, the door's right here. I mean, it was absolutely perfect. Well, anyway, so that's exactly what we did. I got the bus and um, we, I backed it down in there. And by this time, I'd been driving the bus for quite a while and you know, backing it into something like that, that wasn't any problem. Okay, I'm backing it in and going down this ramp, but that's no big deal. But anyway, so I backed the bus in there and um, uh, set the brakes and so forth and Everybody gets out and we start unloading and carrying things in, getting things set up because remember, we got to be on the evening program and, and show everybody you know, this is the type of ministry that we do. So we get everything set up, we do the evening program, and we had modified it somewhat uh, with Howard the Bear um, because it is with the Fellowship of Christian Magicians. I mean, Magicians are doing cool things. I mean, pulling rabbits out of hats, you know, and and producing doves and and so forth, or maybe um, making doves or rabbits or whatever disappear. And so um, we'd come up with this um, idea because this was with the magicians. Let's do a vanishing animal routine where one of the puppets, character that I was doing, Stanley, is going to cause Howard the Bear to vanish. Yeah, right. That ought to be impressive to a bunch of magicians, right? For sure. Yep. If you Seven can pull that bear. off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, so um, um, we had talked that whole thing through, uh, how that was going to play out and so forth. And we did that. And my, oh my, it was very, very impressive when that seven-foot bear vanished. Now, you have to kind of understand Howard and his personality. Um, you know, he was kind of skeptical that uh, it could happen. But he, he figured out that it could happen, that he could disappear. But he's going to need the audience's participation. And so Howard convinces everybody that they have to close their eyes and count to 10. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like how Howard works. <laughs> hey, he's a big clumsy bear, but he's not stupid. I mean, <laughs> he can figure out how he's going to disappear. <laughs> he's got it he's all uh, worked out. Yeah. Anyway, so I'm not uh, real sure how impressed the audience was that night, but... Uh, um, when we finished the skit, indeed, Howard the Bear had vanished. <laughs> anyway, so things went well. Uh, they had a bit of an intermission, 
uh, gave us time to tear everything down. And then they had uh, a couple more acts that they were going to have uh, on yet that night. But they knew that we were going to have to be set up early uh, to get all of our stuff in there and, and so forth. And so we were on first. But then this intermission gave us time to tear everything down and, and get it out of there so that the uh, other acts could come on after us. So that's what we did. Intermission time, man, it's quick, pack everything up, quick, get it back outside, quick, get it in the bus, and we'll move the bus out of there, just put it out in the parking lot, and we'll run back in and catch the last couple acts. That was the plan. But it did not go as planned. We got everything tore down. We got everything packed up. We got everything loaded in the bus. I jump in the bus. Everybody else is in the bus now because everyone, you know, John and and you kids and mom and everything. I mean, we'd all been working and hauling things out and so forth. So everyone just jump in the bus. We'll pull out of this um, loading dock and park the bus out in the parking lot, run back in, catch the last few acts. So I start the bus up put it in gear, and I start up the ramp. Now, I'm on this ramp, and I know that, you know, as soon as I release the brakes, we're going to roll backwards. And so I got to be ready that as soon as I release the brakes, I got to be ready to go forward uphill. And so I release the brakes, and I got everything all set, and we start up the hill, and we probably went maybe one foot, maybe one foot, when all of a sudden there was this humongous explosion. And people that are listening to the podcast now, if you think back to that October, you probably heard the explosion, but you didn't know what it was. Well, now let me tell you what it was. When we had gotten back in there, and remember I had backed in there, uh, set the brakes and everything, and we're unloading. Well, what I didn't know is that John Brock, little John, had taken this metal tire shock that you'd put um, in front or behind tires so that, uh, you know, if the brakes release, like they did when we were at that camp in Alaska, that it won't roll away. Well, on the slant that we were at, it would have probably rolling, rolled right over top of that uh, shock block. But um, nevertheless, um, John had put that right behind the tire. All right, I've got to correct myself because we had gone more than a foot. <laughs> we probably went about 20 feet. We weren't out of the ramp yet because John had put that metal shock block right behind the front tire on the passenger side right where the door is at. You know, we kept it right inside the door and every place that we went, you know, one of us would usually put that, you know, in front or behind the tires. Well, I hadn't put it there and John hadn't said anything about putting it there and he forgot about it being there. And so when I started up that ramp, that metal shock block was still sitting there until it got to the back tires. And that thing was, I'm going to guess, probably about uh, four, 
maybe five inches wide. But that metal angled piece of metal <laughs> shock block went right in between those two rear tires. Oh, no. Wedged itself right in between there. And both of those brand spanking new tires that we had put on in Anchorage, Alaska, that only had you know just the miles coming down the Alaska Highway on them, both of those tires blew at the exact same time. Oh, yep. And there's uh, something like 110 pounds of pressure in both tires. And when those things blew, I mean, there was a huge explosion. It took me a few seconds to realize and find out what had happened. Because here I am, I'm sitting in the driver's seat. And when I hear this huge explosion, the entire bus filled up with smoke. Well, really, it wasn't smoke. It was dust. It was dust from the Alaska Highway that we'd gathered up. <laughs> and right. when you have 220 pounds worth of air, all of yeah. a sudden bust loose underneath the frame of this thing. <laughs> yep. It's blowing dust out of every crack and every corner. And and so here, we're, all of us were inside the bus and we can hardly breathe with all the <laughs> dirt in the air. And um, anyway, um, needless to say, um, little John figured out what the problem was, too. <laughs> yep. And boy, did he feel bad. Sure. And I mean, hey, it was an accident. You know, I mean, I didn't know it was there. He forgot about it. And, you know, and we were in a hurry and we wanted to get out of there. But now let's look at what we've got. We've got this great big bus in this loading ramp with two flat tires on the back. Yep. You're not going anywhere. Now, when good old Frank uh, took one of the tires off the back, that still left three tires. And we could go somewhere. But now both tires on the back have the whole sides ripped right out of them. And so we're not going anywhere. Well, by this time... Um, Things are about ready to get started back inside, and everybody hears this huge, huge explosion. And so um, pretty much everybody that was there that, that night uh, found where that door there at that uh, north end of the, <laughs> of the conference center uh, led to, yep. because everybody comes running out. I mean, they had no idea. I mean, a huge explosion, but what was it? And we need to find out. Anyway, so everyone's out there looking at the situation, and... Um, something happened that night that as long as I have been a part of the uh, Fellowship of Christian Magicians, I do not ever remember something like this happening at any of the conferences, whether it was a regional or the international conference or anything. But that night, there was a gentleman that was kind of in charge, and he got up. And any of you that are listening as part of the FCM, um, that gentleman that got up was none other than Jack Alexander. Yep. And Jack was a guy that if he thought if, if he thought something, he was going to say it. And it didn't matter who he said it to, but if he thought it needed to be said, he was going to say it. And Jack got up there and he says, folks, we are the fellowship of Christian magicians. And 
we've got some people out here that um, need two brand new tires for their bus. And as a fellowship, we need to take an offering and help them out. Wow. My, oh my. Praise the Lord for Jack. I mean, the FCM didn't pay us to do anything there. You know, it didn't pay me to teach or anything else or didn't pay us to, you know, do the program that night or anything. But here they were and they took an offering and no, it wasn't enough to cover two brand new tires, but um, it certainly helped. But more so than the money, it was the heart of those people, the heart of Jack, and those that gave that night. And it proved to me that the fellowship of Christian magicians really was that. Mm -hmm. A group of people with different talents, you know, some doing puppets, some doing ventriloquism, some doing chalk art, some doing uh, juggling, some doing magic, you know, whatever it is. But we all had a common interest in sharing the gospel using creative methods. And these people, who really were my brothers and sisters in Christ, responded to the need. Wow. There's a lesson for all of us. When we see a brother in need and we have the means to do it, we need to be the fellowship to them. Yeah. We need the one, we need to be the ones that say, hey, I can't totally solve the problem, but maybe I can help a little and do whatever we can. Well, nevertheless, here's the bus and it's still in that ramp and we got to get it out of there. And there's only one way to get the bus out of there. You got to call a tow truck. Yep. And this tow truck has to be a big one that can tow semis. <laughs> yep. Those things don't come cheap. And here it is Saturday night, you know, getting towards late evening, you know, and we've got to get this wrecker out there. He's got to hook onto it and pull it, pull that bus up out of that uh, loading dock. Well, we did find such a wrecker and he came out and he hooked up to it and, and it was no problem. He winched that thing back out on level ground. Now we did have a spare tire. And so he took the two tires off the back that were blowing. And like I said, they just had the, the sides of those tires just ripped right out and um, put the spare on. Okay, so now it's probably getting close to midnight by the time all this gets done. But now at least I've got three wheels on the back end of the bus again. Yep, back to three wheels. God had prepared me for a situation like this in Cook, Minnesota. Yeah, I can drive this thing with three wheels on my wagon. <laughs> yep, yep. Remember, we got a church to do uh, not too far uh, out of Fort Wayne. And so... Um, we take off with um, three tires on the back, made it to that church yet that night. Uh, we all slept in the bus. Um, next morning, uh, when people came to unlock the church and everything, we were sitting in the parking lot and got everything set up, did the morning uh, service there, uh, packed everything up, drove back to Michigan with three wheels on our wagon, got to the church where we were to be at that night, and got everything 
tore down and set up. And, um, you know, basically about midnight on Sunday night, we're pulling back into Lansing again. Yep. But now we've got to find uh, two more tires to replace the ones that just blew. Now, when you think about it, God had provided these brand spanking new Firestone tires had never been on the ground until they were put on our bus there in Alaska. And yeah, it's a relatively long drive, but these tires were in excellent shape. And at that time, I think we talked about this, we're running around, what, $350 a piece. And so we're looking at, what, $700 worth of tires and a record bill. And it's like, Okay, the Fellowship of Christian Magicians took an offering, but it's certainly not anywhere close to what we need. But um, nevertheless, God did uh, supply, and we were able to pick up um, a, a couple of tires. They weren't brand new, but they were used ones, but in very good shape. And we're able to eventually get four wheels on the back of that wagon and, uh, and still had a spare left over. Well, anyway, so that's uh, kind of our story that uh, takes us uh, basically to the end of October that year. And um, this is probably a good place to park it now that we got wheels. Right. Now you got wheels. Yeah. Yeah. There's, yeah, we, we keep coming around this theme again and again with God's provision in the midst of trial. And, um, well, I'd say not just trial, but in the midst of need. So just seeing where... You know, God, how God had brought little John into your life that fall and someone that you hadn't known but had made a connection connection with and started doing ministry together. And I'm curious, because you had mentioned um, the Fellowship of Christian Magicians, like pastor had given you, a, you know, their, their magazine and kind of introduced you to them. Is this the first time you were at a conference? You know, I'd have to think on that, I guess. I don't think it was the first time because um, they knew that, you know, we did puppets and everything. And I had I'd taught at the, the conference before. Okay. Uh, I, don't, I don't believe that this was the first time because... Um, they certainly wouldn't have asked us to do something on the <laughs> evening program <laughs> if we were the, you know, just brand spanking new. But I will say this, um, the first FCM conference that I went to was there at Fort Wayne. And it okay. was at that, um, at that same hotel. Mm-hmm. Back then it was a Holiday Inn. It's changed names since. But... Um, There was a, a lot going on at that time. When um, you think back of, you know, where I was um, and having, you know, we'd just come back from Alaska. And while we we're up there, remember, <laughs> I had to get permission to do that one and only program at a Bible church. Um, and so when I was introduced to the Fellowship of Christian Magicians, it's like, okay, they've got a conference in Indianapolis. Yeah, I suppose I ought to go. Um, but what church is it held at? <laughs> yeah. 
because if it's not held at a Baptist church, I can't go. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's all there is to it. I mean, if it's, I mean, I don't care. You pick a name and if it's, well, I don't know, maybe if it was a Bible church, I might try to sneak in without anybody ever finding out, you know, because there's Scenic Park Bible there in Anchorage. There's the one that I got permission to go to and found out that they weren't really any different than the Baptist. Well, anyway, so when I heard that there was a conference in Fort Wayne, I was curious as to where is it? Mm -hmm. And, oh, it's held at the Holiday Inn. Well, I can go there. Right. It's neutral ground. <laughs> it's neutral ground. You know, and, and, you know, I found out when I first started going that there was other people there that weren't Baptist. Yeah. You know, they were from all different denominations. But again, we all had the uh, creative arts in common. And, you know, we can learn from each other. I can teach them some things. They can teach me some stuff. I mean, it's a mutual thing. We'll build each other up and all of us will end up being better equipped to go out and do the task that God's called us to do. Yep. And so the wisdom, as I look back on that, and, and I recognized it at the time, the wisdom of having an event at a Holiday Inn, having an event where it's neutral ground, that opened it up for people like myself, who at that point was so narrow-minded, <laughs> you know, that I probably wouldn't have gone yeah. otherwise. And so the wisdom of the leadership to have it uh, in neutral ground like that um, really speaks a lot. And so there's a lot of um, Christian conferences and so forth uh, today that are held in places like that. That's neutral ground. Yeah. You know, we have a, a common bond through Christ and denominations will separate uh, people, you know, and allow them not to work with each other in so many different ways. But my, oh my, when the body of Christ can come together and iron sharpening iron yep. and everybody leaves better equipped. And so I really appreciate the Fellowship of Christian Mag Magicians and, um, um, the impact that they've had on me over the years and hopefully the impact that I've had with them. Yeah, for sure. Well, I know that's a name that, that will uh, come back to, I'm sure, a few more times down the road. Um, <laughs> let's put it in park here and uh, we'll pick it up again next week. This is Grandpa Wisely. You know, nobody ever became poor by giving. <laughs>